0: Hey, you, yeah, you, the one listening to this podcast right now, I'm guessing you tune into Docs Outside the Box because taking control of your career is really important to you. Now, our sponsor, Provider Solutions and Development, they have a team of experts that are ready to guide Docs just like you through today's job landscape. They've also got exclusive access to hundreds of positions nationwide. So whether you're looking to dive deeper into your specialty work or let's keep it real, you're trying to find a healthier work-life balance, it's important to start the conversation with them right now. Contact them at info.psdconnect.org forward slash docs outside the box. This episode is brought to you by Set for Life Insurance. Listen, docs, One of the first steps we took to pay off our student loan debt was realizing we paid way too much for our disability insurance. That all changed when we found Set for Life Insurance. They helped us with a customized insurance policy that met our needs and most of all, budget. To learn more, check out setforlifeinsurance.com. What's good, everyone? This is Docs Outside the Box. This is a fusion of money, medicine, and Pop culture. I'm your host, Dr. Nee. Joined by Dr. Renee. Hey, listen. Don't do no Ray J impressions <laughs> on that side, please.
1: One wish, one wish.
0: Alfred, put up put a picture here, please, of Al- <laughs> of Ray J at his verses with his baby on his left arm. Just killing it, man. One
1: wish, one wish. In a wish. bad way. Sound like Peter Brady remember that episode yeah it was horrible i
0: don't know what he was doing up there but he was horrible um but please i had one
1: wish it's amazing
0: what auto tunes can do for your career and then when auto tunes is off (laughs) (laughs) that damn (laughs) t-pain no he should be praising t-pain actually so Oh,
1: my God. No, we we are damning T-Pain because T-Pain basically allowed everybody to fool us. Although, the people who did Computer Love, you know, and uh, I Want to Be Your Man. Who's that? Do you remember who that is? Yeah,
0: that's Zap and Roger. Yeah. Zapp and Roger.
1: Those people actually should be the first people.
0: Yeah, but it's not—that's not, re- not really—yeah, they should be, but— Anyway, look, (laughs) we're going to go down a different rabbit hole that we want to go. But guys, I had one wish that
1: that never happened. We
0: got a lot to talk about in this episode. Okay, so in the first episode, several episodes ago, we talked about the 11 money traps that keep doctors burnt out. As a matter of fact, we did our first episode, which was uh, money trap number one, which was about savings savings and Mm -hmm. emergency savings and creating FU money. We're going to put that link in the show notes. It's a really good start. With, you know, one of the money traps, I think a lot of people oftentimes, or at least physicians, they live paycheck to paycheck. They don't necessarily keep a bunch of money. Mm -hmm. Just in case an emergency occurs, just in case something changes at work, you don't have to keep a war chest, but you have to at least keep enough to make sure that if something happens, you can rely on that money to either switch jobs If there's anything else that occurs, you are ready to go. Make sure you watch the episode and check it out. So in this episode, we're going to talk about financial money trap number two, Mm -hmm. which is no financial planning. Yeah. Before we jump into that, though, we really got to highlight... We have a survey, guys. It's called the Docs Outside the Box Survey. We're doing that in coordination with in crowd. Mm -hmm. That's also in the show notes. Look, we make it really easy for everybody. We put everything in the show notes. You can go check it out click it but this is an opportunity for you to let us know what you like and what you dislike about the show what guests you like about the show what guests you wish you could have on the show or wish one, we could wish, have on the show.
1: one wish one wish.
0: if you could have renee singing on the show okay <laughs> or for real whatever you want to see this is for us to get feedback and for us to know yeah you know what we can improve on on the show
1: yeah and don't forget like me said this is um you know sponsored by InCrowd the survey and then at the end of our survey which is really quick then you'll be prompted to sign up with InCrowd and then that way you can actually you know share your medical expertise with InCrowd um and get some cash
0: absolutely so yep.
1: very appropriate for this particular series of uh money traps but yeah so and- go to InCrowd or go to our our um show notes and fill out the survey and uh yeah,
0: one of the I think either this episode or another episode I'll put a link. there's a link or an article that's floating around on the internet where I think it's on a white coat investor, mm-hmm. I can't remember, but basically someone wrote that they made thirty thousand dollars in one year just doing medical surveys, right, right, which just wanted to again want to let everybody know that. This is an opportunity for you to get paid for your expertise. Yeah. Go check this out. So I think I'll if I find it, if I remember it for this episode, I'll put it here. If not, I'll put it, you know, in another episode. So Yeah.
1: But yeah, I think it's I think it's a great um a great way to be able to make money
0: in medicine without necessarily putting in too much work. Yeah, I mean, but So That's that's nothing to be ashamed about. Oh, absolutely not. Just got to be able to, you know, use our time efficiently and and get paid for it. So make sure you guys check out that or actually check out and complete the survey and then keep going further and work within crowd to do these medical surveys, which can be pretty lucrative. Yep. So, look, let's jump into money trap number two, which we said no financial planning. Mm -hmm. This is a big deal. So it's split into three parts. So we have one not budgeting. Right. Not telling your money what to do. Mm -hmm. The second thing is not understanding how money works or how it's spent, Mm -hmm. which is just as important and not meeting with a financial advisor. Yeah. This can be a little bit of a contentious part right there. Not meeting with a financial advisor because we're at a point now where we some people may not even need a financial advisor. Mm. Right. So that's something that we need to talk about. Okay, So shall we jump in? Let's jump into it. You ready to do this? So let's start with budgeting. So budgeting is basically telling your money what to do on a monthly basis, mm-hmm. right? And I like to keep it simple because every time I mention to people who are having financial issues or just having questions about budgeting, they look at me, they groan, they don't want to do it. And I just say, <laughs> nobody look- Nobody
1: wants to budget. Nobody
0: wants to budget. But I say, look, let's keep it simple. It's yeah. an accounting. It's uh, a tallying of what comes in. Right versus what comes out. So what comes in is your income. What comes in is what you're getting paid for. What comes in is maybe a tax refund, money from your mama. (laughs) (laughs) At that point, you're probably not getting money from your mama, but y'all know what I mean, right? You are, whatever is coming in from what you get paid to do or any type of, I don't know, whatever Just to money, make them. Yeah,
1: any money that you get pretty right? much, right? That's
0: on one side. And then on the other side is your car payment, what you pay for food, your electricity, your utilities, your- yeah, all your expenses. Student loans. Yeah. And that's it. That's all you're accounting for. Yeah. And the key is you want to try to stay in the positive as much as possible. Right. Right. right.
1: Exactly. So,
0: now, I think that when people hear about budgeting, you know, I said that they've grown- I said that they roll their eyes. Mm-hmm. For me, I think the three issues that most people come up with, or the most the issues that people have, I think, in relation to budgeting, is they're not sure how to start because it seems like yep. it's, it's a very big deal, right? Yep. Not sure how to start. They think it'll take too much time. Yep, and it's a reflection of their own priority or possibly even their bad habits. And it's almost like this mirror that they have to look at. And I think that there's some possible shame from that.
1: So I always think, you know, budgeting is like dieting. Yes. Right? It's very much like dieting. Like, I don't know when to start. It's going to take too much time for me for me to reach my goal, you know, or like you said, you know, it's a reflection of something, right? A re- reflection of who I am or my priorities or whatever. Like, it's very much like that. And I think that we should not think of budgeting as this kind of um, like this kind of telling on ourselves, right? Like, that's not what budgeting is. I see budgeting as if I'm gonna work this hard for this much money, you best believe I'm gonna tell it where to go. Because if that's the case, if you don't know where your money is going, then somebody might as well rob you every single paycheck. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Because you don't know where the money is going anyway. So you might as well get robbed coming out of the door from work every Friday.
0: Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, I agree with you there. Like money, you have to be really intentional with your money. Right. And it requires some work. And I think, well, at least for me, I know that when I was younger, I was like, oh, like when I get money, I'm going to be able to do X, Y, and Z. Mm -hmm. And then when you get to the point where you are bringing in a good salary, the one thing that you forget to do is tell your money what to do. Right. You think that magically everything is just going to... Just work out, work out, right? Yeah. Like you'll have money to do X, and then you'll have money to do Y, and then you have money to do Z, and then you what you notice is by the end of the the month, you're waiting for next month's check, or you know the the fifth, the check from the fifteenth to kick right. in, so that and, you
1: can do they so that you can do Z, because you only were able to do X and Y. Yeah,
0: <laughs> I mean that's that's a way of describing, right? Right, <laughs> that's a way of describing, but it's the truth. It's like, well, yeah, like. Uh, it's it's just it's almost like you can look at your money like kids. Like if you don't, give if you it don't a, tell it what to do, if you don't give an intention or if right. you don't tell, give it some type of activity. Right. It's just gonna do work all willy nilly, and it's really important nowadays yeah. with inflation and all of that stuff kicking in. It's a big deal. So right. yeah, right. yeah, yeah. So let's jump into not sure how to start. Mm-hmm. So the way how I tell most people when they ask me for advice on how to start, I keep it really simple. Like I said before, tell them to get a piece of paper, put it sideways, put a line right in the middle. On one side, you have your income. On the other side, it's the stuff that you got to pay for.
1: Right.
0: And then what I'd say is tally everything on one side at the bottom. So tally everything from income on one side mm-hmm. on the bottom. And on the other side, tally everything from stuff you got to pay for on the bottom. And if you are negative, then, you know, we got some work to do. Right. 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 Because if you're negative, that you means that, that means that you have more stuff that you got to pay for. And then, if you are positive, then great—you are off to a good start. Right, but it depends on how positive you are too.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, you don't want to be one dollar <laughs> positive. I got one dollar left. <laughs>
0: right, that and that—that that could be. You better
1: save it too. Right, Stop so playing. It, I
0: just want people to understand that it, there's a there's a range to this, right? Yeah. Um, but even if you're negative right now, there's nothing to be ashamed of. It just yeah. means that okay, that's the hardest part is just keeping an accounting of what you got to do.
1: Right, I think people get a little frustrated you know, with, well, not even frustrated, but scared that they actually might be in the negative, you know, and that if they actually do the budget, that they'll realize that they don't have enough money for what they want. And so it's kind of like, like you said, like being a kid, right? And you ask your mother for something. She's like, no, you can't have that, you know? And so that disappointment of, man, I can't have everything that I want. I think people are afraid to budget because if they do, they'll realize, yeah, you can't get that piece of candy because, you know, we don't have budget for that.
0: Yeah. I think most <laughs> people end up thinking that they it's a it's a hard pill to swallow when you realize that once you become a professional that yeah, like you can afford everything. Right. Right. That's Sorry. what you're supposed to. Wait, what is it?
1: You can afford anything yeah, you but can you can't afford, afford every, everything yeah
0: so you can have right. most things that you want to get you can get them one at a time but yeah. you can't have them all, all at, the at once same, at the same time and that's right. where we're leading people with this budgeting thing is that i bet that there's a place in there in your budget where you can be like hmm do i need this do i need that do i need right. this sub- subscription do i need x y and z mm-hmm. can that be removed from the budget Right. Right. So especially if you're negative, then you have to go and have a realistic look and say, mm-hmm. do I need any of these things? Can any of these things be removed from the stuff that I got to pay for? Right. Right. Yeah. So that's what we did. Right. Mm-hmm. I'll get into that later on, but that's what we did. Yeah. Um, I think that the other thing, the second thing is that people think that it's going to take too much time. Yeah. Right. And that leads us into our first budgeting meeting. So our mm-hmm. first budgeting meeting, I remember, was October of 2014. Yep. Either September or October of 2014. October.
1: It was October. And you
0: remember we argued about everything. You
1: don't argue about everything. Argue, you always say this.
0: No, no, no. That was a that was a contentious discussion because you remember, you remember there was some IRS debt that you wanted to get taken care of. And we were discussing what the priorities were and you wanted to get that taken care of quicker than other things. One mm-hmm. being the car payment and so and there were some other things that we had to talk about, but that was a contentious issue for you.
1: Yeah, that was a contentious right? issue for us. So
0: maybe I'm not saying we are argued about everything, but it was it was a big deal for you. So like, why are you glossing over that? I'm not
1: glossing that. over it, man. You just always make it like, oh, it was like you know that was like the end of our marriage. Or I something. didn't say you that. I just said it was like, a contentious. Oh, it was issue. over. I was going to take the kids and stuff.
0: Okay, you're exaggerating, <laughs> but for, I guess you didn't for the have show. Kids at the time. Dude. For the show's sake,
1: <laughs> I thought you were going to catch that, but
0: yeah. <laughs> Well, that's how contentious it was. Because I'm just thinking about it. I'm like, damn, it was. Listen, guys, listen. Let's take a break real quick, though. We'll come back. Let's take a break. We'll come back and talk about the rest of this argument. (laughs) Here's a tip when looking for your next job. Understand your strengths and weaknesses. For example, if you've been practicing for a while and you know you have a problem with closing charts, then it's important that you find a place that's going to help you have administrative help, right? So there are plenty of options when it comes to your career in medicine. But just like every patient is different, every physician has their own personal definition of success. And that's where our sponsor steps in. Provider Solutions and Development doesn't bring just one answer for all. They are recruitment experts focusing on who you are before helping you find what you're meant to be. So whatever you're ready for next, they'll help you find it with no quotas, no commissions to get in the way. So even if you're looking for a more collegial feel at work or just, heck, a more healthier work-life balance, they can help find the right fit for you. So reach out today at info.psdconnect.org forward slash docs outside the box. Okay, guys, we are back so, yeah, we had debt that we had to take care of. You had your IRS debt. We mm-hmm. had some car payments. Remember, we had not only a—we had the 2014 Hyundai Santa Fe. Yes. But we also had a lease with the Nissan that you brought in, that Nissan Sentra that yes. you brought in. Mm-hmm. And then the other thing was we were just spending willy-nilly, and we didn't really keep a tracking of what was, was coming in, yeah. what was coming out. And you
1: were swiping. I was swiping. Everybody's swiping. You know,
0: yeah. and we were just making minimum payments to our loans, right? If, if that,
1: if that, if that, yeah. I don't even think the loans were before that budget meeting. I don't necessarily even know that I can't remember a time that I was actually thinking of, like, man, I really want to pay this, you know, these student loans down. It was just kind of there, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And it was just kind of there, like. You'll get paid. You, can you don't t- get paid. And you can man, tell if whatever. you
0: go if you go to the payment history of Navient yep. or um, you had yours with, who was yours with? Uh, Nelnet. Yeah, if you go to Nelnet and you mm-hmm. log in, you can see we got married in November of 2013. And you can see like interest charges, like just racking yep. up, racking up, racking yep. up up until October. And then it's like, eh! yep. that's it. And then everything just starts dramatically changing. So mm-hmm. even while we were married in a two physician household, we fell into that trap. Oh,
1: yeah, for of, sure. Of
0: just kind of just spending. We just
1: didn't plan. And the key
0: thing is, I want everybody to know, like, we don't spend a lot of money. Right. Right. Like, we, sorry, we don't buy a lot of things. Right. But still with two physicians, like, we were just spend like, money would just kind of just leave. Like, you yeah. know, we would give money to family or if some type of issue come up, we just pay for it and not really right. look at it's our It's not thing.
1: like we were out there buying, like, Jordans no. and the latest, you know, bag and the, you know. I'm I'm very simple. You're pretty simple, you know, but it was just the money was going who knows where. Like I said, somebody might as well have robbed us because we wouldn't have known where the money was anyway. Yeah, You know what I mean? And so for me, that's really important um, to have budgeting meetings, you know, either with yourself um, or if you're, you know, if you have a partner with your partner and really talk about. Where your money is going to go, because if your money is not benefiting you, dude, why are you going to work? You know, why are you going to work? I'm going to work so I could just punch in time and make money for you know a, a a company. Like no, you go to you go to work to make income for yourself so that it benefits you. So be very intentional about how that's going to benefit you.
0: So I do think that it's going to take several times, when you, if you're hearing this for the first time, mm-hmm. it's going to take several times to get into this mode of creating a budget to feel like you're doing it the right way. Right. You're going to make several mistakes, and it's fine. It's mm-hmm. okay to make mistakes. Actually, when we had our first budget meeting, the next month after that, we went back and looked and realized that we left some things out. Mm-hmm. We added too many things, mm-hmm. and it took us several months. It took us well into 2015 to realize, yeah. okay— Now it's 2015, it's probably June, July. Like, we feel like we are at a point where we can rinse, wash, and repeat. Right. It took a while. Right. So, I want people to know if you're listening to this that, hey, like making a mistake your first time, the first several times, it's okay. Yeah. The key thing is that you're thinking about it and you're doing something, not nothing. Yeah. Right. That's,
1: yeah, that's really important. I mean, I think most people, most people, they like to just get something done and get it done right the first time. This is not one of those things.
0: No, it, you takes, know? it takes time. Yeah, yeah, this
1: is not one of those things. So give yourself the grace that you deserve because, you know, after all, this is literally talking about your life and your future, the future of your family, you know. So, yeah, give it the time that it deserves um, because yeah. you're going to see so much. You're going to have so much. To show for it later on.
0: And if you're wrong, like if you, you know, if you are at a point where you feel like, okay, you make a mistake with the budget, like a big mistake with the budget, it doesn't mean that you trash it. It just right. means that you have to continue to tweak it mm-hmm. and just like you said, give yourself the grace to make changes, but to realize that you're doing something that a majority of people don't do. Yeah. So it's going to take some time. So that's why I say make sure you take the time to let it become a habit we've let it become a habit to the point where even now, like we've fallen off and we're like, okay, we got to have a meeting again to discuss, Mm -hmm. you know, it's been several, several months since we've discussed our budget and there has to be some changes. Changes, So we need to get back and discuss about that. But the last but not least, I think this is the part that can be difficult for most people is the reflection that we mentioned before, the reflection of one's priorities. You're forced to look at what you spend your money on. Um, You feel like even you may be doing this by yourself. So it may be really difficult, but I think the hardest part is looking at what you spend your money on and realizing, damn, I'm spending all of my hard-earned money on this. Food. I don't want to <laughs> consider it. Or I don't have to want to have to make that decision to cut it out.
1: Yeah. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think people don't, like, I kind of, like, that's kind of what I was going, you know, what I was saying before is that, you know, you realize, man, I can't have that. Man, I really want that. You know, or and I'm I, spending
0: my money on this. I shouldn't spend my money on this. Right. Exactly. Maybe I should do I should do a better job of doing X, Y, and Z. Right. You know, and you just kind of subtly in your mind you're like, oh man, I don't want to deal with this. I don't yeah. want to deal with this. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I was there, you know.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think the other part of that also is that if you and your partner are not on board with the same plan, that can also manifest kind of in that way, right? Where one person is like, Oh, let's cut this out. And the other person is like, no, I really, you know, I really want that. I really want that. And it's like, why? You know, like why do you want why do you want cable? First of all, let me hold on.
0: Yeah, I remember that. That was a discussion. Come in the, on.
1: Yeah. Okay. PSA guys, listen. If you have cable, <laughs> no shade to cable companies, but honestly, y'all are not really need it right now. So if you have cable, okay, you are obsolete people. Start like streaming and Rokuin and what do they call those? All those things. Go to YouTube. Like, you really don't need cable these days. Why do people still have cable? And yes, if you have cable, I am judging you. I am so judging you right
0: now. Yeah, because the cable bills can be up to like. You know, one fifty to two hundred dollars. Seriously, but you have to be careful with streaming also because streaming is starting to creep up. Yes, it it's is starting to. It it's is not starting. It already is creeping up. Where you have so many different TV shows that are on different networks mm-hmm. or different streaming services that the streaming services are starting to rack up to the total where it's back to what cable is right. So if you want to watch something where it's on Apple Plus and then it's another show that's on Netflix and then another show it's on Hulu. Like each of these things adds up and the next, you know, you're paying just as much as you would for a cable bill. So for us, we use YouTube TV. It's really simple, straightforward. Mm-hmm. Um, And even YouTube TV, we don't even use much because we just don't watch much TV. Right. So for us, it's YouTube TV and YouTube and then Netflix. And that's it. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. Yeah.
1: We don't really have much in terms of. Yeah. Yeah. But um but yeah, I mean, you know, it's really important to know what it is that you absolutely want, what it is that you absolutely value, and then say you're going to put your money towards that, you know? Um, I just feel like if you are doing this alone, it's it might be a little bit easier in some respects— in that you don't have that back and forth right. with someone you don't if have you don't not. have
0: someone who's possibly a brick wall right um, but if you're by yourself also you could feel like you're alone yeah I think that's, that's where vi- I think it. that's where virtual mentorship I keep I know it's it's a real virtual mentorship basically going to YouTube podcasts mm-hmm. reading blogs and just kind of a, putting yourself in that circle of positive people yeah. or people who are thinking similar to you and that's what we did yeah when we were paying off our debt. Remember in 2014 and 2017, we were listening to podcasts like crazy, Crazy. like yeah. listening to his and her money, Mm -hmm. stacking Benjamins, going on YouTube, all of these different things just to keep our mindset always in the mode of we're trying to pay off this debt. We're trying to pay off this debt. We're trying to pay off this debt. Even though people, either on our family or friends, they just weren't on the same page. That's it. And um, we got it done.
1: Yeah, that was really helpful because you started realizing that there are people out there just like you. Um, And for us as two physicians, you know, obviously our income, we had more income than many of the people that we were listening to on these podcasts, but they were making more headway (laughs) than we were. And it just goes to show you, it doesn't matter how much money you make if you don't know how to manage it. And this is why people go broke, right? You have NFL players, celebrities, all these people. They go broke and they're making 10 times more money than so many people, but yet they go broke. So, you know, if you don't know how to manage your money, this is going to come back to bite you in the butt. You have to make a plan as to where this money is going to go and then realize that's the plan until the plan changes. changes yeah. You know, and that's where you get into the tweaking like you mentioned earlier.
0: So here's my keys to make it last is number one. Let automation be your friend. Mm-hmm. So there are plenty of apps that are out there that can help you with you know just getting I think taking the you can either use it on a piece of paper or just kind of getting it out of the getting you out of the mode where you're using mental math. Oh yeah, for right? sure. Where you are doing mental budgeting. Yeah, you that want, doesn't work. You want this to be as automated as pro- as possible. And look, you're gonna make mistakes, that's fine. But if you can get it automated by using some type of app, that's going to help. The other thing is set reasonable long-term goals. Mm -hmm, So if mm -hmm. there's something that you want to budget for, if there's something that you want to pay for, if there's something that you want to pay down, it's okay to say, hey, if you have student loans and you want to get it paid off in under 10 years, like saying you want to pay it off in two years might be unrealistic. But saying maybe you want to do it in five or seven years, Mm -hmm. create the budget around that and then slowly but surely tweak it after you feel comfortable, right. I think it's a way better plan. It gives you grace. It allows you to stop beating yourself up. And when you get to the point where you're on your feet and you feel like, eh, hey, I got this, right? then you can start taking more money and putting it towards your student loan debt or whatever else that you want to budget for. right? And then the other thing, too, is, is stress derails our best intentions. Mm-hmm. right? So the cravings and urges that we get – can sometimes take us off our path, yeah. right? Or even just stress in general could just take us off the path. Yeah. And that's where being around positive people, be, being around people who are also mm-hmm. um, focused on what you are trying to get to. And that's where I'm talking about the YouTube videos and yeah. the podcast and going to conferences and you know, just talking with people who have a similar situation like you and trying to get out of it. Mm-hmm. That's the best environment for you to be in.
1: Yeah, and automation will also help with that. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, things like direct deposit, you know, um, and you can you could, for example, right, like if you're like, you know, I I hate taking, you know, taking home my paycheck and then divvying it up, you know, and putting this much money um, towards savings or something like that. Right. You could literally create a situation where it is automated for you that. A certain percentage of your money is going to already just go to this bank account that you don't even have to think about, you know. And so automation being your friend um, might actually decrease the stress of you seeing that money be budgeted. If that right. makes sense. You're removing, right? the,
0: you're removing the friction yeah. of where that money is going. Yeah. So our recommendation is we use the every dollar system, mm-hmm. right? It's simple. It's zero based budgeting. I will put that link in the notes, but it's an online app. You go in there and it's literally very simple where you put whatever you're bringing in, what's coming out, and then that's it. And what it does is it forces you to budget all the way down to zero cent. So, you're telling every dollar, every cent what to do. I like it. It's straightforward. Yeah. It's the most simple, I think, out of a lot of these budgeting apps. But also in the show notes, you'll see a Nerd Wallet article that I put in the best budgeting apps. Mm-hmm. There's You Need a Budget, there's Every Dollar System, there's a whole bunch of other different systems in there. You go check it out, choose one of them, decide which one you want to use, and then kind of go from there. And so,
1: I, tell the story. Remember we um, we used the uh, every dollar with my sister? And she was like, yeah, but I don't have any money left. Remember? I,
0: so ex- I remember. You, you yeah, go, remember? So,
1: zero-based budgeting. Part of the reason that I bring this up is that people don't necessarily understand what that means. So, zero zero based budgeting basically means you tell every single dollar where to go so that you don't have any money. You have zero dollars floating out there without you knowing where that money is going to go.
0: Unassigned. Yeah. Right.
1: So we did we did the every dollar system with my sister. We outlined her income, outlined her expenses, but we also outlined how much she was going to save from, you know, from her income. And so after we put all of that, you know, all that money where it was supposed to be, then it came up to you know, let's say she started out with $1,000, it came up to $0 unassigned, right? Every dollar was assigned. And so when she saw the zero, she's like, yeah, but I don't have any money left. And we had to remind her, no, you do have money left because remember, this line item is your savings. And so she went back to the budget and she was like, oh, so technically she had money left. But it was assigned to savings. Yeah. And that's really what you want. That's what we mean by zero-based
0: budgeting. It's like cleaning up your room and realizing that everything is in every drawer. Right. Like all of your clothes in the drawer. There's not one piece of article that's outside, on a bed, under the bed. That's under a really good analogy. It's like everything is in a drawer and it has something to do. That's Damn. it. You, you must
1: like be, you Yeah, you must be picking up from me. Let you know, breathe. I love analogies.
0: Let it breathe.
1: Don't nobody want to let that breathe, really. It's just a clean up your room analogy. It's really not that mic drop I'm in. just
0: letting it breathe.
1: Yeah, okay. Keep going.
0: <laughs> All right, let's 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 pivot a little bit. Let's talk about how money works and mm-hmm. spends. We're not going to spend too much money here. Spend. We're not going <laughs> to take too much time in this area, but let's understand how money works Spend. If you've been following us for a while, mm-hmm. if you've just listened, we look at money as a tool right so for us money buys us options right money is, yes. money is not just something that's meant to be accumulated and just you know kind of hoard it and then that's it right money, or,
1: showed or showed off
0: that's a really good yeah exactly yeah right it gives for me I looked at money when I was growing up as something to show off because mm. I didn't have it right and then now yeah, that, I
1: got this money yeah.
0: well yeah you can look at it that way but now that I have this money, right? Now that I'm bringing in money, but I also work really hard for it, right? It takes, it's a sh- really stressful what I do, mm-hmm. really stressful what you do. Mm-hmm. And if you're watching right now or listening, you know what I'm talking about, right? So you want to make sure that when you bring in your income, you want it to be doing the right thing, yeah. right? So for me, money is a tool and I look at it ultimately as my ability to say no, right? Right. It's my ability to say no. So,
1: well, I don't need this. I don't have to put up with this. Shoot.
0: Or listen to this. Tell me, <laughs> tell me if this is you. Like you You don't want to do something. Someone asks you to do something at your job or someone asks you to do something in general. Or they're you,
1: changing stuff up.
0: You say yes because you believe there may be consequences to you saying no. Mm-hmm. And what money does is say, damn all your consequences or those consequences that I perceive there to be. Mm-hmm. I am still saying no.
1: Oh, my God. So that reminds me of a story. So, I have a colleague who. Was you're really
0: bad th- at stories, though. But just go. Ahead.
1: I'm good at stories. Okay. Yo, if listen, if you guys think that I'm good at stories or you like my stories, text us. What's the text number? I don't even know. What put it there, right. Alfred. It's in the show notes. Yeah, put it, Alfred. There.
0: Put in the sh- put in the
1: <laughs> <laughs> put it there,
0: Christian. I don't okay. know. However you do it, just <laughs> Christian is like, yeah, I, can, I can't do you're-
1: that. <laughs> Christian's I can't like, do I can't that. like, I can't put anything anywhere. But anyway, listen. So I have this colleague. She went to work. And something happened at work where um, her chairperson essentially kind of sent her a really bad nasty gram and told her that she was putting a patient at risk um, because of something that literally, from what she described to me, I was like, how does that put the patient at risk? But it was one of those stupid policies at the hospital that they implemented because they want to get paid and not because it actually increases outcomes you know what i mean or or improves outcomes so she basically had a situation where she kind of had to go against the policy and so she went against the policy to give the patient the care everything turned out fine there was no issue but they actually ended up they actually ended up sending her a nasty gram while she was on vacation and she was like, she was so mad that she was like, you know what? She got back to work. She went and she grabbed up all her stuff and packed up all her stuff. And she was then she realized, I can't leave this job. I got student loans. I got this debt. I got X, Y, and Z. And if I, if I leave, then that's it. I'm asked out. Like there's nothing I would be able to do in the immediate future to be able to- She realized
0: this while she was bringing her stuff together.
1: Yeah. Well, probably when she got home. Probably when she got home. But she packed up all her stuff and was like, I'm out of here. And then she realized, wait, I can't be out of here. That sounds really
0: convenient. I don't know if that's a real story. Is that a real story? That's a real
1: story. That's a true story. All right. That's a true story. One of my colleagues told me that. But anyway, um, no, but going back to money buying you options, money buying you the ability to say, no, I'm not going to put up with this. And she had already had some other frustrations with her job, but Yeah, she can't say no. She can't say, I'm not going to put up with this. She has to say, well, I have to put up with this. I don't have savings. I don't have a way to just walk away from this. And I think that epitomizes a lot of what's going on with burnt-out doctors. You know, going back to the whole reason that we're doing this series is that you are burnt out, but you are now in a situation financially where you have no choice but to stay in the job that is burning you out because you don't have a plan, right. as to how to get out of this,
0: especially when you think you're doing right, right? Because right? it sounds right. like your colleague or whoever was telling you this story was telling you that they were making an audible. They're making a decision like, "Hey, I know what the plan, I know what the company line is, or I know what this um, procedure says, but this doesn't make sense. This policy doesn't make sense. And what's right for the patient is X, Y, and Z." Mm-hmm. And there, I feel like it's almost like there's these constant threats that are always coming in to um, to take away your peace of mind. Right. I right? can take
1: this away from you. Take I away your take peace of mind. I can take this away from you. Exactly.
0: And the more you guard from that, right, the less you're prone to it. Yes. Right? And yes. that's the part for me that I'm very aware of. That's why I do locums. Because mm-hmm. I feel like there's a lot of geopolitical things that happen in the hospital, that happen in administration, mm-hmm. that being, for me, locums protects me from. Right. There's certain things that they may implement. And I'm just like, I don't agree with that. Yeah from a medical standpoint, clinical standpoint, or just, I just don't want to do it. Right. And being employed means that I have to follow in line. Mm
1: -hmm. Being
0: an independent contractor, if it's not like, look, it's not like I say no to everything. It's just that if it's something that I feel really strongly about, I'm like, look, I'm not going to do this. So look at this the same way, guys. When you look at money as a tool, when you look at it as it gives you the ability to say no, when you look at like basically in life, there's these constant threats that are going to take away this power for you to say no, Mm -hmm. you know, you can look at cravings the same way, right? Thinking that you can afford anything. Yeah. yeah. everything yeah not realizing that you're being nickel and dimed the biggest thing is like subscriptions the biggest thing is realizing you're being nickel and dimed by financial advisors we're getting into that yeah then you're nickel and dime from products that you really shouldn't own like you know depending on the type of whole life insurance plan that you have mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right you may have the wrong type of whole life insurance policy auto insurance may not be correct Yep. right these are all different things that happen that kind of take away and eat away at the power of you being able to say no. So
1: You ever like, you you ever hear like two people talking or you talk to somebody and they basically are talking about something that you both own, right? But then you realize they're not paying as much as you and you're like, wait, what? (laughs) Right. But that's what happens is people go on autopilot and they don't go back to Wow, just how much money am I spending on this? And that's the thing about budgeting is that it allows you to not just realize where your money is going, but to realize, like you said, when you're being nickel and dimes, when you're paying too much for something, when you go to your expenses and you're like, "Why is this bill so high?" Yeah. Now you can go back and be like, "Mm, "Let me go see what the competitors are offering for this particular product or utility or whatever, and see if I can't get less, you know, pay less." For this thing, or if I even need as much as I'm getting, you know, for this thing. Um, so that's what I like about budgeting as well.
0: And don't forget about inflation. Yes. Inflation is kicking our ass right yeah, now. You need a plan. Um, You need a plan. But that's a little bit of that eating away at your money. So right. you, even if you have your money in a savings account. Right, like yeah. all of your money in a savings account. I'm not talking about an emergency savings. Your emergency savings needs to be in an account mm-hmm. where you can get to it. I am talking about money that you just have sitting there. Like, yeah. remember, Dr. Bala had five hundred thousand right. dollars, in her savings account. Yeah, that's for, a good episode. You know, it's just yeah. inflation is just eating away at that dollar. Like, milk is now really expensive. Gas, where we're at, is almost oh, five, god, is like five dollars. So, I think overall, yeah, for this is understanding money is spent money is how money how what you're going to do with your money and the key thing that i would take away from this is my recommendation is everybody check out this book i'm going to be doing a review on this the link will be in the show notes it's called the psychology of money Mm. right this book is really good it's called the psychology of money by morgan housel and the concept basically is doing well with money isn't necessarily about what you know right it's about how you behave yep Behavior is hard to teach, even to really smart people.
1: Behave yourself. Yeah.
0: And after reading this book, (laughs) after reading this book, I was like, I felt like there was this huge weight off my shoulder Mm -hmm. because I always have, I always feel like I had this emotional relationship with money. Right. Like, I know there are people who could be very cold with money and very non emotional with money, and ultimately they're very successful, right? Mm -hmm. But for me, I always thought about, I was like, man, why do I always have this like, there's what I should do, and then there's how I act, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. there's always a discrepancy between that. This book really helps to explain that I'm not alone in feeling this. right? And um, basically, the book really just says, like, look, y'all need to start investing in index funds. <laughs> That's really what the book is saying. And, and bottom line. <laughs> bottom line is invest in index funds because, you know, the the more you go for the needle in the haystack, you know, that's going to cause you more issues. You're yeah. going to make more mistakes. But if you buy the entire haystack, right, that is showing more of a, a likelihood that you're going to be successful with that. Right. But it's a good book. There's going to be a review coming up on that very, very soon.
1: Yeah. So. Yeah. No, I think that there is a real psychology to med- or to medicine, <laughs> to money. Um, and, you know, there's, there's that saying, right, of, there's a saying of show me your, what is it? Show me your budget and I'll show you your priorities. Yeah. You know, and I, you know, I know that that's like a dictum, you know, show me your budget, I'll show you your priorities. And it's like, what whatever you spend your money on, that's what, you know, that's what you prioritize. And I've always believed that. But recently I've kind of started questioning that. Like, is that really true? Right. Because I think it depends on what you mean by, priority, right? And so there's the priority of what people want, right? And then there's a priority of what people do. And so I don't necessarily think that just because you don't know how to manage your money, that it reflects what your actual priorities, right? What your actual desire um for what to, you know for what you want. I don't think it it necessarily reflects that. And so I think the more we talk about how money works, um, how we can make money work in your favor, that your desire, right? Those those priorities that you desire can actually start to match your financial priorities. You know what I mean? But if you're not thinking about the money and, and as a resource of how to basically get your priority of what you want, um, then, yeah, you're going to have those discrepancies, I, so
0: I agree. Yeah. So meeting with a financial advisor.
1: Nah, you don't.
0: <laughs> so I, this is this 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 is something that I think though we we the reason I brought this up is I think that there this can go different ways. Right. Mm-hmm. Meeting with a financial advisor. I think let's let's start off by f- defining what a financial advisor is versus what a financial planner is. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Because I think a lot of times people hear this. Oh yeah, I want to meet with my financial advisor, or I need to get a financial advisor, and then you find out, well, there's certified financial planners, or there's mm-hmm. so many different th- there's a lot of alphabet soup out there. There's right. a lot. So first of all, an advisor helps you with more specific immediate financial matters. For example, like if you want someone who's specializing in retirement or if you need help with investments or if you need specific help with like taxes or real estate, right? Mm-hmm. The advisor is going to help you implement these plans. Whereas a planner is someone who's going to take a more holistic view or a more lifelong view of how to get to this point in your life, right? right? So the way how I look at it is this. A, f- a financial planner or a certified financial planner is going to help you get the plan. The plan is, well, when do you want to retire? How do you want to retire? Investments, taxes, estate planning, all of these different things, they're going to help you with it. Mm-hmm. And they're going to be like, okay, well, here's your plan. And um, that's it. Right. Whereas a financial advisor will help you plan as well as implement. Mm-hmm. They'll look at you and be like, oh, you got this like blank look on your face. <laughs> right? Do you need me to help you start their account? Do you need me to help you make these phone conversations? Do you want me to help you roll over your 401k into your IRA since you left the, this business and so forth? Right. And the reason why I mentioned that is they get paid a little bit differently, yeah. right? A planner is going to get paid usually for like a whole fee, whereas an advisor will get paid but they'll usually try to take a percentage of what they're doing for you Mm -hmm. as an account for overall how they're getting paid, right? So I think that you got to look at it a little bit differently and realize that they do two different things. Sometimes they may do the same things, Mm -hmm. but they do a little bit different. It's really important to understand the difference. Overall, 30,000-foot view, though, a good financial plan in general has to have something that takes into concept your earnings, how much you're bringing in, mm-hmm. your savings, debt management. And debt management could be not just student loans, but it could right. also mean your credit mortgage. Cards. It can be credit cards. Anything that has to do with debt and how you're managing that, your plan, whoever helps you with that, should that should be incorporated in. Right. Also cash flow, mm-hmm. right, which is almost like budgeting. right. A, fl- a planner should be able to help you with that. Yeah. Investment management. What are you doing with that extra money, are you just keeping it in your bank account, $500,000 right. like in the, your,
1: Is it under your mattress?
0: That is an investment plan <laughs> that is not going to get many returns. But, you know, if you need someone to help you with that, this is where a, a planner will help you to determine what to do with that money so that yeah. it's working in your behalf. Yeah, Asset protection, right? Mm-hmm. That's huge. Um, as well as estate planning. Right, right. Now... Let me get a little bit of water. Sorry about that. Now, the next question is, do I really need one? Right? And I just want you people really to know. You really need either a,
1: a plan or a planner or advisor.
0: Good. So, any of those things. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, I think, obviously, the, the obvious answer is you need a plan. You yeah. always need a plan. That's but what the yeah, show's about. You need about. a plan. You need right. a plan. Do you need someone to help you with that? Right? right? And... I think it depends, right? Mm-hmm. I just but I want everybody to know, first of all, you can do this by yourself. Yes. You can do this by yourself. The question is one, do you have the time? Mm-hmm. Do you have the patience? Mm-hmm. The intestinal fortitude, right? <laughs> when markets go down like they've been going like this last month and into now. Yeah. Not to sell. Right. And are you interested in this? Yeah. Right? Like you may you feel like maybe you're just like, look, I'm, I just want to work hard and I want someone else to handle my money. Um, and I just don't have the time to do it. And that's okay. Right. So I think the, the question right. that you need to answer of do I really need one is do you have the time? Do you have the patience, the intestinal fortitude to make sure that you're not going to have the urge to sell? Mm-hmm. Maybe you need someone to be that, that wall to tell you, hey. You really should be buying right now. You Mm -hmm. shouldn't be selling when the Mm -hmm. markets go down. Or if you're in a surgeon's lounge or you are in any other situation where you're with another physician, they're saying, hey, I got a guy or, hey, I got this hot stock tick because that's that's where most mistakes (laughs) occur, right? (laughs) I got this great stock tick tip. And if you're going to take action on that and you need someone to be like, slow down. Right. Right, like you don't want to buy the Brooklyn Bridge, or you don't want to, you don't want to invest in X, <laughs> Y, and Z. You a
1: bridge for sale.
0: You may want to think about it. This is where a financial planner will really help right. you out. Right. You know, and then the other thing is, like I said, if you're not interested in interested in it, then you know, yeah, pay someone else to do it.
1: Yeah, I mean, either way, you need a plan. Like that's that's not a for you know for debate. Um, but yeah, it's just a question of yeah, how interested are you? Do you have the time? And uh, yeah, and I mean, because I, I think the patience.
0: Because there are plenty of people who are doing very well, managing their own investments, mm-hmm. managing asset protection on their own, managing estate planning. It's just that we, as busy professionals, whatever career that you come from, whether you are a physician, a physician assistant, a nurse, a lawyer, an mm-hmm. engineer, it's like you spend a significant amount of your time. Really working and stuff. So there may be that hesitancy to say, well, I don't want to make a mistake. Yeah. Which is why I always say, if you can start residence, if you can start right now and kind of get over that learning curve of how to invest, how to open up an account, maybe make some mistakes. By the time you get to becoming in attending, yeah. You don't feel like all the chips are being pushed in the center. Right. And then now you're even more hesitant. Exactly. Now you're like, oh wait, well, at least I know how to open up a Roth IRA. Okay, now it's time mm-hmm. to open up a traditional IRA. Or let's do a backdoor Roth right. or um let's... I, I know mutual funds. Exactly. Right. Exactly. I know, mutu- I know how to budget. Exactly. Yeah. And That's it's why great I say that. because
1: you're starting out as when you're a resident, you're starting out with a smaller pot of money. So you don't feel like you know, potentially have all this, you know, six figure of salary potentially going to waste. So, yeah,
0: that's how I felt because I was like by the time I was in attending, I was like, oh, man, I really wish I invested as a mm-hmm. resident. But now that I have this money, like yeah. I just feel like I don't want to make a mistake. Yeah. So residency we, is
1: practice money.
0: Right. Well, <laughs> it's the time to make it's the time to make mistakes because you have more time to catch up. Right. 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 If you make a mistake, you can really catch up. Ain't yeah. hey, practice money. I still green money. <laughs> that money still counts for something. It's not monopoly money. No, nah, ain't it money. <laughs> You know that, right? <laughs> that's money, right? <laughs> so the benefits of an advisor or even a planner is that they have the knowledge, they have the motivation. Um, they can do some hand holding if you need it. Mm-hmm. And they can do the chores, the daily chores, right? So let's talk about the knowledge. Obviously, that goes without saying. They understand uh finances, they understand somebody's tools a lot better than you. Yeah. The motivation is, is they're they're gonna be able to press you and say, Hey, do you remember that plan that we started? Have you done right. A? Have you done B? Right. Like it's almost like having accountability. A coach. Accountability yeah. there, mm-hmm. right? The other thing is the hand holding. Sometimes you're just like, look, I don't know how to open this right I don't know which investment uh, vehicle to use mm-hmm. I don't know how to do asset management can you help me here yeah that's where they come in and then chores are like hey like like you said this book goes down to the third point which is you're not interested in this you don't have time for this yep. so hey can you open up Just that do account it for me, me? can yeah. you do this can you do that um, can you give a, can you contact you know the CPA and let them know X Y and Z hmm so these, this is where the benefits kick in. Now the question is: Is how much do they cost?
1: Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. How much is this gonna cost? Yeah. Right? Because yeah. that's what people get. I think people get ca- caught up on that. Also, is that yeah, but it's gonna cost me something. It's like yeah, but if you don't have a plan, it's actually costing you more because you're not saving money. You're not necessarily investing money. It literally is costing you way more to then you know just pay somebody for it. So. Sure.
0: Yeah. They, they, so they get paid basically on uh, several ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, the number one way is they get paid based off a percentage of how much you're investing with them. Mm-hmm. So if you're investing $1,000, they may take on average anywhere between I'd say half percent to 1%. Mm-hmm. Some of them may even do more than that right
1: yeah don't do don't do don't get somebody who takes more than one percent
0: yeah <laughs> right so if you think about it a thousand dollars and they take one percent you know that's yeah a hundred dollars exactly yeah. but if you have you know see the key things are like if you have oh now, it's ten dollars. ten dollars no it's a hundred dollars
1: one percent yeah no it's ten dollars
0: is it of a thousand yeah Oh, yeah. 10% okay. is 100. Yeah. Whatever. People are listening, they're just like, holy snap. That's why we're doctors, guys.
1: <laughs> that is not why. <laughs> it's
0: $10. That's, why I'm, that's why I'm a doctor.
1: It's
0: $10. So they take $10, and this is probably done on a monthly basis, mm-hmm. and that's how they get paid. Right. It's very important to have this discussion up front with your financial advisor, your planner, how do you get paid? Are you getting paid based of a percentage of how much money that I'm investing with you, right? So they get one percent if you have a thousand dollars, one percent if you have a hundred thousand dollars, one percent if you have one million dollars, right? And you can see that's, how that's that a whole different one percent. You can 1%. see how this changes the mathematics, right? Yeah,
1: and we're not going to do that here because obviously we don't know how to move our decimals.
0: Exactly. <laughs> right. I mean, our financial advisor's like, "That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah." yeah. So it's so we it's we are important. literally
1: the reason for Common Core. <laughs>
0: Right. Which we're going to have to start uh, in a couple of months, right? Learning
1: Common Core. (laughs)
0: Our kids going into the... Did they say
1: kindergarten? Kindergarten. Yeah, they start like principles of, but yeah. But our math skills may improve.
0: Yeah. Financial advisors are going to get nervous. (laughs) Oh, shit. (laughs) Kindergarten math.
1: (laughs) (laughs) that damn kindergarten math common core
0: (laughs) so discussing with them how they get paid is important so understanding are they going to get paid based of a percentage they call that assets under management under management AUM are they going to get paid an upfront fee which is what we like which is hey i know i have a million dollars or i have ten thousand dollars or i have one thousand dollars um here's what i want to do with my money here's the the plans that i want what is your fee? And that person will come mm-hmm. back and say, hey, look, I'm, I'm going to charge you, you know, 1G, one G, $1,000, mm-hmm. a stack, you know, for this, whether you have a million dollars or you have 10,000 or what have you, right? People like that better because it's it's more of a unbiased approach right. to your money, right? right? It's like, here's my fee and then you do X, Y, and Z or, you know, I'll charge you a little bit more and I'll implement those things for you, right? Right, so there's so many different ways that they get paid, but it's very important to have that discussion up front with them. The next question is, is when should you get one?
1: Mm -hmm.
0: When should you get a plan, a financial advisor or a planner? My thoughts are actually um, for interns, I think it's the first time you start making money.
1: I think honestly it's even before that. I think you should always have a plan. Okay. You should always have, even as a medical student, right? Even though you're not necessarily making income most most medical students anyway don't have an income per se but they they do live on loans right so they need to know well how do you budget right because yeah. they they actually are even worse off cuz they have a finite amount of money that they're going to have for any you know given point in time so i think at least a plan you should have so you should at least know how to budget like that's the bare minimum.
0: No, oh, I think that's acceptable. That's a good point.
1: You know, I agree. with um, you there. As far Having as an advisor and a planner, yeah, I think at the point at which you are making income,
0: I think an intern, intern right. year, you intern get
1: year is when yeah. you should start. Yeah,
0: and I think it's important to. I agree with you there. You gotta like you gotta have a plan. When you are in med school, you got to have a plan when you're in any type of professional school and you're trying to figure out how mm-hmm. you're going to manage your debt or at least how you're going to manage your loan, like how much money you're taking out and just have overall a right. plan to keep your loans as low as possible. Right. When you start actually hiring someone to help you is when you first have your job. Yeah. And interns don't get turned off by this. Don't get nervous by this. Like mm-hmm. you can. There are plenty of affordable planners who will help you with this. Right. And the reason why I think it's important is they're going to help you with one, cash flow. Mm-hmm. They'll help you with loan management. Yep. As well as, it's really important to talk about this, is disability insurance. And if you happen to be married and you're an intern mm-hmm. or married while you're in residency or have children, yep, then they're relying on your paycheck. Right. So life insurance and disability insurance yep. is important also. Yeah. And it's very affordable. Mm -hmm. Right. As a matter of fact, one of our sponsors for um, for disability insurance Mm -hmm. is set for life insurance. Right. Um, They have very affordable plans. So make sure you check them out. So this is all to say that you got a problem. We got an answer. right? (laughs) Right. Right. There's a really smart way to handle these things. It's not just, well, I've never heard of this. I'm more focusing on anatomy and I'm focusing on surgery. Or I'm focusing on internal medicine or I'm focusing on my specialty. I ain't got time for this. I'm going to put my head in the sand and it'll all work out. It's not going to work out. It's not going to work out. <laughs> it's not going to work out. You got to put some attention to this. Yeah. You got to yeah. put some attention to I mean, imagine,
1: this. imagine literally, like you said, you're going into training and you decide, nah, you know what? I'm not going to study. I'm not going to open the books. I'm not going to do board review. It'll all just work out. That's not going to work out. I if mean, It's you, the
0: same thing as surgery. Like right. I'm just going to take someone to surgery. I'm going to do a lap coli. I've done a thousand of these, but it means that I'm not going to do, you know, a pre-op evaluation of the patient. Right. right. I don't need to do a type and right. screen. I don't need to do a type and cross. if it's Yeah. I just put my cancer. head in the sand. I, you know, I'm not going to check a chest x-ray. Right. I'm not going to do labs. I'm not going to check an INR level. I'm that good of a surgeon that it's going to hand. That it's gonna just going to work out. And it's like, yeah, that's not the right way to handle things. Yeah. You're gonna lead. It's gonna be lead, Be let. You're heading down the path to disaster. Mm-hmm. Anesthesia is not gonna be prepared. You're not gonna be prepared if you get bleeding. So, why look at it as you'll just handle it when it's not gonna occur? Yeah, it's
1: not gonna happen. It's not gonna happen. So, yeah.
0: Now, last but not least, I got some questions that you should be asking your advisor. Um, these are questions that you should not be shy to ask so mm-hmm. some of the questions are how do you make money to your financial advisor how yeah. do you make money how Basically, do you get paid how
1: do they get paid yeah how am I going to pay you
0: Basically, that's what I want to know that's the first question I would ask yeah. just simple as that just how are you going to get paid mm-hmm. I know we're shy to ask that right? I'm like well I don't want to ask someone no. that or a lot of them are like well if I have to ask you that means I can't afford you which means I can't work with you it's Right, like, right, right it's like nah nah yeah. son but ask I mean someone.
1: think about it these are the people who deal with money So these are the perfect people to be asked, how are you going to get paid? Right. Right. So how much do you cost? What's your investing
0: philosophy? Mm -hmm. Right. Do you invest in index funds? Do you believe in passive investing? Do you believe in active investing? That's a question that you need to ask them. Mm -hmm. Are there any disciplinary actions from regulatory authorities? Our second financial advisor had one. What? Had a disciplinary action from a regulatory authority. Mm. Yeah. I didn't know that.
1: Yep. Did you know that? Yep. You didn't tell me that. Yes, I
0: did. You forgot. What? Yeah. I don't remember. Okay. Yeah, we left that person. And then, um, so that was a referral from another doc who was just like, yeah, I got this great guy. Surgeon's
1: Lounge referrals, red flag. Yeah, this
0: was from residency. (laughs) He was like, he's like, I got this great guy. He's excellent. (laughs) We didn't know what, you know, so I took his advice and we started working with this person and the products that they were the first red flag was trying to get us into an annuity. Right. Right, they were trying to get us into an annuity. Then the other red flag for me was the whole life after I told them what our first issue with whole life was. Um and I just always felt like this I was like there's something wrong with this relationship. I just don't like it. I don't mm. like it. I don't like it. And um and we left. Yeah. But yeah, that person had a disciplinary action on their mm. on their thing, okay. and now I talk with my colleague, and I'm like, he's still no, he's not with
1: him anymore. He left
0: that person, mm-hmm. and he's pissed because he's like, yeah, this guy got me into like this, like s- multiple six figure variable annuity and Ooh. stuff, and da da da. I'm like, yeah. I told you, I was leaving him like four years ago, five years ago, even longer than that. He didn't want to listen, so yeah. now like. He goes to all of these events. He goes to all of these, not the advisor, but my colleague goes to like all of these different things. And he's like, you were right, man. I was like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. try to tell you, (laughs) try to tell you, he ain't want to listen. So (laughs) um, another thing you can ask him is, can I see a sample portfolio? Yeah. Let me see Mm -hmm. what you would recommend for someone like me, or Mm -hmm. uh, let me see what you normally recommend for your clients. And then last is, uh, let me call some of your clients. Right. Boom. Oh,
1: question also is, are you fiduciary?
0: Yes. Yeah. Yes. Are you a fiduciary? Yeah. So what that means is, is um, do you have like this ethos, this code? Do you abide by this code that any or all of the products or the investing philosophy that you have is going to be with my best interest at heart, right? Right, so you're not going to sell me products that may not be good for me, but are good for you. You're only going to sell me products, or help me find products, or help me find investment vehicles that help me mm-hmm. in mind. Right, and that's extremely important. But yeah. I think we're getting to a point now that everybody says that they're fiduciary. Right. The question is, is what are, are they really? Are they really? And that's why I say, let me see a, a sample portfolio. Mm-hmm. Let me call some of your clients. Let me see what your investing policy, your philosophy is, and right. and go from there. Yeah. So that's it, guys. We went through a lot. You know, We talked about, once again, this overall concept of no financial planning being a huge financial trap for burnt-out doctors. And the key thing that we talked about is, one, not budgeting. And we addressed that. Number two is understanding or not understanding how money works and how it's spent and how we like to look at it as a tool mm-hmm. as well as not doing or not meeting with a financial advisor or at least having a financial plan. Mm-hmm. So listen- We went through a lot, but this is something that took us several years to figure out, guys. So this is not something that I want you guys to be like, oh, man, I'm beyond the eight ball. Never figured this out. and I got to figure this out by tomorrow. Like if
1: I don't get this in one podcast episode, I'm screwed.
0: (laughs) It's going to take some time, guys. Right. It's going to take some time for you guys to figure all of this stuff out. But we are here for you. You can text us. Alfred, please put the, the number to text us. It will be in the show notes also. Let us know what you think.
1: Yes, and put your name in the text, please. Put your name in the text.
0: People have been writing to us and letting us know what's up, and we like communicating with you all, but just make sure you put a name in there so we know who we're writing to and go from there. And if you even have a question, put that in the text so we know what's going on. Yeah,
1: a question, a difference of opinion, um, anything. Pretty much just let us know, and um, eventually we'll feature it on the show. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So that's it, guys. Yeah. We'll catch you guys on the next episode of Docs Outside the Box.
1: Peace.
0: Peace. Hey, guys. Thanks again for listening as well as supporting Docs Outside the Box. Listen, this show is produced by Darko Media Group, and the dope audio experience is edited by the one, the only, Christian Parry, also known as your podcast pal. Links to him in the show notes. Listen, this is Dr. Nee, the Doc Outside the Box. I'll catch you on the next one. Peace.